1: seeing in the news constant news stories on what's happening in the Ukraine. And the question that we're going to be asking today is, who do you believe? Who should you believe? We are not getting any news from Russia, and Russians are not getting any news from the outside world. Half are, I mean, how can we make a decision of knowing of knowing how to support, what to support, etc., if we don't have all? All of the news. Just like when you can't have the whole truth. In in other words, you can't have the truth if you don't have the whole truth. And if we don't have the whole story, we cannot be able to justly and intellectually and intelligently understand what's going on and make decisions. What do we do here? What do we do there? So that's what what we're going to be talking about on the show today. Who do you believe and who should you believe? Also, we're going to be talking about Kamala Harris, Vice President. Uh, our guest calls her the cackler in chief because of her laugh, I guess. And censorship and info war, and of course, the maybe the most concerning thing that will that may hit many of us around the world, if not all of us around the world, and that is an update on food. Will we soon be seeing empty store shelves? That is a concerning question as well. I want to remind you that uh, you can check out my latest video interviews that are not on the radio, but they are on our website. If you go to IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, israelnewstalkradio.com and click on the menu bar. The last one on the right says videos. You will see one of my latest interviews that was called I Might Die. And that's an interview with a Ukrainian mother who bears all. She's talking about how she might die in this conflict and how some Ukrainians are willing to kill in order to protect their country. What's that all about? Hear it from her lips. Also David Horwitz, an interview with him, an interview with Roseanne, an interview with another couple of women in Ukraine. Don't go anywhere everybody. Check out our videos. We'll be right back. We're your crown.
0: Grapping is my crown. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then the Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel time, 9 a.m. Eastern time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date.
1: All right, we are back here at the Tamar Yono Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And the question is, who do we believe? Who should we believe? We're not getting the news about the Russian narrative and what's going on, and Russians aren't getting the narrative of the outside world because their Internet, Facebook, etc., is closed. So uh, unless you have the full picture, one can't really... Make decisions about things. They can't come to any conclusions. And our guest right now that we're going to be having on the air is Dr. Mordechai Ben manachem He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben Gurion University, and has authored over eighty books and four hundred research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Middle East and world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. Thank you. Very good to have She's you on our normal Sunday slot. Yes. Okay, so uh it is Purim week. Maybe we can mention a little bit about Purim as well since this is the week of Purim. But uh where would you like to start?
0: Well, I think you started as well. Um that 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 is a very central issue. We need to understand some a, a little bit of um uh what this picture really does look like. Um Now, the um, the United States government has basically uh, uh, um, I don't know if I should say forced but convinced I don't know what words to use here convince the the uh, uh, large uh, internet companies uh, uh, like Twitter and facebook Google Microsoft to basically cut off everything coming out of Russia now. I want to make my own personal position here very clear. I'm not in favor of Russia. I'm not in favor of the United States. I'm not in favor of, of Ukraine. I'm in favor of Israel. I don't. I, I won't say they don't care about anybody else. That would, be, that would be a terrible thing to say. I certainly care, but I'm not, um, uh, how, how do you say it, um, uh, 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 um, rooting for any particular person right now. Clearly, every war is horrible, and the, the, the war that Russia has forced upon Ukraine is, uh, is, is an absolute tragedy um, for all the sides. And there are many, many more sides than just the Ukrainians here. Um, so, so please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. Now, the, the, the American government has forced every Russian information source out of the, um, uh, basically out of the Internet. Now, you can agree or disagree with the idea that Russia is disseminating disinformation. If I answer the question that you asked, who do we believe? My answer personally is, I do not believe the Russians, but I also do not believe the Americans. I do not believe the American government, even if America had a government, which I don't think it does. Um, I think they're both lying, and they're both lying extraordinarily. And uh, I think that's terrible. But what's worse than that is that once you force one side off the air, you lose that source of information, even if it's partially or wholly incorrect. You certainly don't have freedom of speech any longer or freedom of press any longer. Um, If we add to that the fact that over the last several years, uh, uh, um, uh, the, the, the group of companies... Uh, Facebook Twitter Google and Microsoft have in, com- in combination received on the order of 44 billion billion with a B 44 billion dollars in contracts from the American government for censorship technologies um, this, this is not good this is not good for the concept of freedom of anything freedom of press freedom of um, speech freedom of Whatever you like. This is bad. This is very bad. Because these are the arbiters of of who receives information and how that information is received. So if they can censor anyone they want, which today they have the capability of doing, and any information sources they want. The concept of freedom is in serious trouble right now.
1: You know, I want to say here that if the left, you know, the... The Democrats in America, not even the left-left Democrats, but a regular, normal, old-fashioned Democrat, spoke up and said, "Listen, we hate Trump, but this is wrong to censor him. This is not our values. These are. It doesn't even go with our Constitution. If they would have stopped it there, you know, you know that famous saying: I I may not agree with you, but I'm going to fight to my death for your right to say it. So, something like that. It, it goes." And if they would have done that then, then they these these agencies like Facebook, like Twitter, like YouTube, etc., wouldn't be able to get away with this. They'd see that they they can't do it, that the people won't accept it. But because people didn't do anything, because they were happy to have Trump silenced and they were happy to have right wing people silenced, so now they're being they're not getting the news either. They're they're not they're only being fed. Ukraine, 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 Ukraine. We, have, we know nothing about Russia. We don't even understand why they're doing what they're doing. And if we could, maybe we'd say they're wrong. Or maybe we'd say mm, they have a point. I don't know. Well, first of all, I'm very pleased that you
0: brought up that point. That's a very important point. Very important. Um, there is one Democrat out there that I have learned over the past, um, I would say, month and a half, two months, to really appreciate and to really um, uh, desire to listen to And that's Tulsi Gabbard If I'm pronouncing that name correctly right. And if I'm not, I apologize Right. Yeah. Um, but when she speaks She speaks from the heart She's knowledgeable She knows what she's talking about She understands things She's a Democrat, so I don't necessarily agree with everything she says And that's fine, as you just said It's not a question of agreement or, or disagreement here It's a question of freedom of information And she has made statements like that I'm um, certain there are others as well That I don't know about or at least I want to hope there are, um, but she has done, she has done, and is doing a a a, a very impressive job over the last few weeks.
1: It's it's too bad we all that lose, that you know.
0: Of, are going to nominate nominated for anything but the flycatcher or something?
1: You know, I was watching RT, was which is Russia Today News, RT News. I was watching it maybe, I don't know a little bit less than two weeks ago or something like that. And it was very interesting to see what they were saying. I don't know if I could trust them, but uh, it was interesting to see. And I had a little bit of more rounded, rounded exposure to what their side was, but now it's censored. You can't, you can't even watch it on YouTube. Correct. Now what I do, and this is not
0: sufficient, but it's the best I can do, at least at this point, is I listen to one American station, one Australian station, um, uh, and two Indian stations that I admire. The Indian station is, is called Weyan, um, uh, uh which I have found, or, or Gravitas there, these two names kind of confuses me a little bit. They have some lady there by the name of uh, Palki Sharma, who is extraordinarily sharp, very, very bright. Um, again, to that me not necessarily agree with everything she says. I'm not saying that's not a bad agreement. But they give, but if you, if you, match the information from uh, Fox and uh, the Australian station and the Indian station and meld them together, you begin to get a reasonable picture. Remember, India is, a, is and has been for 70 years a strong ally of Russia. So their information is reasonably more reliable than is anything coming out of, out, out of the United States right now, unfortunately.
1: Now I did I did not realize that they were such a big uh, ally of Russia. Can you tell us why? What what do they have? What interests do they have in common that they're they've been friendly with Russia?
0: Well, there are many interests. First of all, remember that throughout the period of the Cold War, Russia and China were adversaries. Uh, they were not actively fighting, but they were adversaries. And India and China have been adversaries, so that brought a common ground between Russia and. And uh India. I um, perhaps I should say at the time it wasn't Russia, it was Soviet Union, but that's incidental at the moment. Um so th- that it began with that. And today most of the, the 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 largest arms supplier for Indian defense forces is Russia. And by the way, Israel I is, say is is I think either second or third largest there. Um uh um and they have a very strong relationship. Uh, Modi and Putin are personal friends and have been for decades, basically. Um, and etc. I mean, it, it, it's just a very warm relationship, a very good relationship. Uh, Indian gets some of its energy from Russia. Uh, they get some of their food from Russia, uh, et cetera. Hmm. You know, we need to remember, and we'll get to this in the next segment when we, when we talk about the food more specifically, we need to remember that Russia is is the largest exporter in the world of wheat and one of the largest in other grains as well, like uh, barley and etc. Um, Ukraine is the largest exporter in the world of sunflower oil. Now, everything that used to come out, of, uh, oh, and by the way, the fifth largest in the world in, in wheat. So everything that used to come out of Ukraine is offline completely now because the farmers can't plant. And everything that came out of Russia previously is offline because of their embargo. So there are a lot of things going on right now. There are tremendous complexities. Again, we'll go into more detail on this uh, 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 after the break. But um, these are, this is a background to the friendship, the long period of friendship between uh, Russia and India. And India is not giving up on Russia right now. India has been very adamant to remain neutral, even in spite of rather inane and inept uh, threats from the Biden administration.
1: Hmm. All right. Um, Very interesting. So we will go into this a little bit more. We have to take a break in just another few seconds. The music is coming on. And I want to remind everybody that... uh, You really want to get a full picture before you can decide whose side you're on. We're all on the side of the civilians that are suffering. I think we can all agree on that. But still, politically at least, we need to know what's happening. We need to understand. We'll be right back. Hi everyone, this is Andrea Siminto from Jerusalem inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show, Pull Up a Chair. We'll visit this week's Quirky Stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, hey, we've got to talk about that. So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Siminto, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. We're back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on Israel News Talk Radio, and we are speaking with Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. We're talking about who we should believe when you're not getting all of the news because one side is censored. Uh, And maybe this side that's censored is wrong and is evil. Could be. (laughs) I mean, Russia is not known to be the most kindest, and moral, and free country in the world. (laughs) We all know that. Still, we need to know, we need to hear from both sides. Um, we were going to be talking about uh, the censorship and the info in the war. We, we, we did talk about that. Did you want to mention something about Vice President Kamala Harris? Yeah, I think we need to talk about that. It's most
0: unfortunate. Um, I, I think Kamala Harris, uh, 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 the, the cackling cow, cackling camel, whatever you want to call her, um, she has, I think, clearly cemented her position for all of history, as being the absolute worst vice president America has ever seen, I think she's got it nailed down. She, there's no no competition whatsoever. I mean, there have been there have been bad vice presidents like Dan Quayle and and Spiro Agnew and a few others that were really kind of weird guys, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, Kamala Harris goes way beyond simply being weird, simply being dumb. Um, I, I can't even imagine, I can't begin to imagine hysterically, an hysterical laughter on a question of what's happening with Ukrainian refugees. I can't even imagine doing something like that. I was aghast. Even the, if you look carefully at that press conference, even the Polish president was shocked. And tried to uh, made, 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 made signs with his hand to, to you know, uh, tone it down a little bit. She didn't pick up on that either. Um, uh, she, she's just terrible. I mean, I can't, I, there are no words to describe her other than camel, which is the way I've always called her, or, or cackler in chief. I mean, she's, just, she's camel is probably the, the dumbest of any riding animal that has ever lived in the world. And she's that's not. She's not only dumb. She's mean. It was she's, interesting she's because a she was. Bad
1: person. She was. There's. There's a video of her. I think it's on YouTube. I'm not sure where. Uh, of her saying, explaining the Ukrainian. Um, war saying that you see there's this country in europe called the ukraine and it's a it's yeah. a large country but it's a in in europe but it's a smaller country and and to the other side is russia which is a big country and this big country invaded this small country and so everybody on <laughs> youtube was laughing at this and and say what is she you know like you know ki- she's talking to a kindergarten class and someone wrote no she's trying to explain it to to joe biden <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was very unfortunate, but
0: unfortunately it, 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 it could very well be true. Um, Joe Biden is simply stupid. We've known that for decades now. She's not stupid. She's not an ignorant. She, no, I wouldn't say ignorant. Ignorant means you don't have knowledge. Um, she's not a person who's incapable of learning. She was a successful prosecutor in California, a very large and important state. Um, she, she, she's clearly not a person, not a person who is unintelligent or, uh, or or incapable of learning or incapable of comprehending things. But she's just a bad person, a okay. really, really bad person.
1: But she doesn't really have that much power. So why are we talking about her? Why is it so important? Uh, because course,
0: Biden keeps on sending her out for for diplomatic things, well, for some for some unbelievable reason. This is a uh, 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 um, uh, I think her third trip to Europe right now. Um, and every one of them, she's been in a, a, a horrible embarrassment. No American can 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 fairly say that they were not embarrassed by her ac- ac- actions. There.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: How do you laugh at, at refugees, war uh, refugees? I, I, I it's, just, it's incomprehensible to me.
1: You know, I was talking to my husband the other day, and you know, my I, again, I, I still don't understand the situation well enough to be able to say this side is completely right, or this side, whatever. Uh, but He's as I said... a former
0: senior army officer, isn't he? Sorry? He's a former senior
1: army, army officer or something? Yes, yes, yes. But, but that's another story. So in, in any case, I was telling him about how my heart goes out to these poor women who are trying to escape with their little children, going out into fr- frozen ice, you know, snow-laden streets not even knowing where they're headed for, with just a backpack, whatever they can carry, and their little kids who are packed in these, like, winter coats, and and you don't know where you're going to sleep that night. You don't know where... You're you're going to be able to get food, and you're just taking your kids, and you're leaving, and maybe you have to leave your husband at home because he can't leave the country if you're trying to escape, let's say to Moldova or to uh, or to uh, uh, Poland or someplace. So it it must the, the be husband horrible. They're all,
0: all called up to the army; they cannot escape.
1: Right, right. So I'm saying that these women have to go out on the streets by themselves with little kids you know, bundled up with only Absolutely what they can awful. carry. It's a horrible, and in the freezing cold, where are they going to sleep? It's just a horrible, horrible thing. My heart goes out to them, and I really pray for them. But, uh, but how, how do you assess the whole situation?
0: The refugee situation? Again, it's a complex problem because uh, uh, I saw a superb report on uh, Weon on that I- Indian station, where they were aghast at the comparison of how the Europeans are treating the Ukrainian refugees as compared to how they treated the Syrian refugees two years ago. And it's not complimentary to the Europeans. I mean, people are out there actually saying, these have blonde hair and blue eyes, therefore um, I, I have great difficulty with that. I do not have blonde hair or blue eyes, nor have ever desired either of them. Um, and I think that treating somebody differently, treating a war refugee differently because of uh, the color of their skin or the color of their nostrils, I don't care what, is just simply not smart. Um, well, it's racist. Go ahead and say it. Yes, it's racist, it's, but it's worse than racist. We, have, we, we need to understand something here. Um, Europe as a whole is in the process of total collapse. You just can't do this. It's not just racist. It it is a a really dumb thing to do. You need to understand, if you look at France, um, France has a a female fertility rate right now of 1.8 or 1.9. But if you look at only the French people, not the Muslims, it's about 1.2. Holland is at 1.1. Germany is at 1.2 or 1.3. Um, uh, 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 etc. Almost every European country is in the process of advanced demographic collapse.
1: Okay, so I, I want to stop you here. Badly is simply a stupid thing to do. I want to stop you here. If that's the case, and Europe knows it, and they and they need a, a, a higher population. I know that in France they were paying you per child to have a child because it's so important to you know replenish the population, etc. Why? Is Israel taking in hundreds of that? The plan is to take in around three hundred thousand Ukrainians. Why isn't the European Union? Why isn't Europe taking in these people? Here's people that are European themselves. They you say that they they need a higher population. They're women and their children. I mean, why? What's happening there? Then why aren't they taking them in? I, I think the answer is is, is
0: is contained within the question. These people. I'm saying the Europeans as a whole, Europe as a whole, the EU. Yeah? These people are simply so narrow-minded, so caught up in their own hedonism, in their own um, uh, 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 aggressive uh, uh, self-aggrandizement that they, they they just don't know how to treat anyone. But it's not even treating they, them. I mean, it's no, it no, just you, wise. Have you any idea? Have you any idea where the continent of europe how the continent of europe today is funded how people aren't aware of of of, of, of economics and the history um britain is still living off their uh, uh looting of india belgium is still living off their looting of the congo and every country in Europe is still living off their loot that they took during the, during the 19th century. France is still living off what they, what they looted from the Ivory Coast and other places in, 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 in Africa. They're still doing it. This is not over. Huh. France still dumps, for instance, all of its toxic waste in the Ivory Coast, killing 10,000 people every year. Europe is a
1: continent of parasites. Conquestors and thus parasites, you're saying? Yes. Uh, look, and, and it's not new. This is nothing new. Look at what Pope Urban
0: II said at the, at the Conference of Claremont in 1095. He said very clearly, this is how the Crusades to the Holy Land began. He said very clearly, read it. It said... He said, we do not have sufficient resources. Take your swords and go and take them from someone else. That's what the Pope said. Hmm. And Europe is still doing it. Germany dumps their toxic waste in Cameroon. Belgium dumps their, to- dumps their toxic waste in the Congo. Let nobody think that colonialism is over. It is not. European colonialism is still is still exists. This is so good ask, that you're talking about this because yeah, most of us don't know. Poorly because they treat everybody poorly. They're hedonists. They only care about themselves. They're totally involved in themselves only.
1: Very interesting. Fascinating. All right, we're going to be back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be talking about... Well, a little bit about Purim, hopefully, but our food supply will we soon be seen empty shelves. We'll be right back. Shalom, I'm Leah Haroni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. All right. This is our last segment of the show for today, and we're going to be talking about something that is a concern of everyone's, uh, and that is our food supply. What will happen now when we are seeing two years of corona with lockdowns and governments not letting people go to work unless they said you were essential, now with the war in Ukraine and Russian uh, sanctions on Russia and the gas supply, which means it's affecting transportation, it's ex- uh, ex- um, production, etc. So the question is, Doctor Mordechai Ben Menachem, are we around the world uh, soon going to be seeing empty store shelves?
0: Oh, it's much worse than that. We're not. We're not talking here about store shelves. We're talking about empty um, uh, uh, storage. We're not just, you know, you're, you're, looking, you're looking at the, the final endpoint. Um, I'm talking about um, uh, tens of millions of grain that will not be grown. Russia is the largest exporter in the world of fertilizer. If you don't have fertilizer, your yields are much, much lower. The p- human population today feeds itself reasonably well. Not terribly well, but reasonably well. There are a relatively small number of people who go to bed hungry. Relatively small in comparison. I mean, it's, not, it's, it's under a billion per, per persons. That sounds horrible, but that's the best humanity has ever done any time in history. That proportion. Um, we're, we're looking at... Uh, 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 I, would, I would estimate at least tripling that number. At least.
1: Well, you Remember, are next t- month is just Ramadan. a ray of sunshine, aren't you?
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Next month is Ramadan. The, the the primary food product in all of North Africa uh, is is wheat. And it's just not out there. It's not available. It hasn't been grown or harvested. Huh. Now, let me give some background to that because people don't really understand what, why this is going on. It's not just the embargo against... Russia it is much more complex than that. Two years ago, um, in China, there was a uh, 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 swine flu. Now, that sounds relatively trivial. It is not. The swine is the uh, l- primary source of protein for the Chinese people. It always has been. <clears throat> the total number of pigs that were culled culled means killed and buried). The total number of pigs that were killed is larger than the entire pig population of the rest of the world. Now, for the last two years, they've been attempting to recover their herds. And they've been unsuccessful. A, because they have not eradicated the swine flu. And B, because there's simply not enough feedstock to grow new, that that quantity of new pigs. You have to, they have to come from somewhere. So China has been hoarding. Grains, we've talked about this in the past. So China's been buying up grain in any place, any and any kind of grain that they can get a hold of, even when it's not really appropriate. Hmm. So that's another source of shortage, of scarcity, because they're, they're, they've been hoarding. And again, you add to that Russia, the largest grain, grain exporter, and Ukraine, the fifth largest grain exporter, and add to that much, much lower yields, even where they can plant because there's no fertilizer. The price of fertilizer in the United States, according to one report that I have seen over this past few weeks, has gone up by 300%. That's in the United States. Think about other places. The United States has some fertilizer of its own, even though the largest source is is Russia.
1: Okay, Um, does uh, now are the 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 leaderships around the world aware of this and they don't care or they want it to happen because then they can have a crisis on their hands and they can take more control or what? What are we
0: what's happening? You're asking me to express an opinion about other people's uh, inner thoughts. And I don't do that. Well, Um, uh, uh, um, uh, I can't imagine that they're not aware. It just doesn't make sense to, to accuse them of being unaware. That just doesn't, that doesn't, there's no.
1: doesn't make sense. Okay.
0: does not possible. Right. Right. Um, uh, and, because that's their job, to be aware. To be aware. <laughs> anybody wants to check on what I'm talking about, I've recommended him before. Look at Peter, Peter Zion. He is the best analyst around today on issues of this co- of this kind, that is to say on issues of commodities and demographics and things of that nature. He is the number one I believe. Um, you, know, you want to look at just the issue of, of commodity in terms of marketing, look at Danielle Camboni. she is fantastic um, uh, uh, again, one of the finest sources of information on the Internet today and you can always go, go you can easily find these things. but uh, don't believe me, check me. <laughs> you know, I, I don't ask anybody to believe what I'm telling you. I'm giving you the sources, the sources that I go to and I go to many others, but these are the sources. I, I told you about three different news networks, four different news networks. I told you about um, analysts that I believe in, that I, that I have learned over the years to trust. There are more. And I, we, can't, we don't have time to talk about them all. Uh, George Friedman is another one. Uh, 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 Stansbury is another one. I mean, again, there, there are many, but these two are the best if you need information in a relatively short amount of time. Also, tomorrow I sent you uh, some links, I think, yesterday from some gentleman in Holland. Superb. Um, uh, 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 Wilhelm, Wilhelm uh, I, I forget his last name at the moment. Sorry, I'm, I am your pardon. But I sent you the links. You can, you can put them up on the site. Again, superb analyst. Knows what he's talking about. Go to the people who really understand these things. Listen to them.
1: So what can we do? I mean, how can we... Prepare, if you if what you're saying is going to happen, what all do we do? All I can say is
0: that anybody who has the ability to um, put in some, some months of storage, you should certainly be thinking about that. So in other words, we all have to become preppers. I don't want to use that word because that's sort of a, a, a loaded term now, but I, I would say that at least to some extent, I, for instance, I love rice. I eat a lot of rice. I eat a lot of grains in in, in general, but probably as much ra- rice as all the other grains together. So I always buy rice by the sack. It's just more convenient for me, and, and it's less expensive. But I do that anyway. And et cetera, things like that. So if you have the storage space, and you can put in a few bottles of, of oil and a few and, a, and, and, and several kilos of whatever you like, whatever you prefer, if it's grains, if it's uh, legumes, whatever, you should do so. Not crazy, not you know don't I'm not saying go 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 and make, make yourself crazy but be prepared.
1: Hmm. So, all right. Well, that's uh, people should start thinking about it. And at the very least, it will probably be cheaper if you stock up now because inflation. <laughs> you might be doing yourself a favor. Look for sales. See if there's anything you can save yourself some money. At the very least, Th- you know, God willing, we won't need this at all. But you never know. It's good to be prepared. You're going to eat in any case. Yes, right, and it might be cheaper. You know, instead of waiting for the inflation to. Uh, to eat up your, your money. All right, a word about Purim. It's Purim this week.
0: Okay, Purim is a really interesting time. It's not just, I mean, people look, tend to, have, to, to look at the externals, and that's okay, that's, that's normal. We're all, well, most normal people are normal people, okay? So you look at the externals, and it's fun, and you read the, uh, the Megillah, the Book of Esther, and et cetera. Great. But Purim really has a lot more ramifications of, than people are readily aware of. And I'll give you just one example because we don't have a lot of time to go through a lot. Okay? Anyone who's familiar with the Bible, with familiar with the book of, of, of Exodus, can see that when the children of Israel received the Torah from God in the Sinai, it says there that they were, um, uh, how, do you, how do you say it in English? Um, um they were basically threatened. Let me put it, let me, let me phrase it simply. They were basically threatened by God. God said, I'm not giving you a choice. You're just coming out of Egypt. You're still, mentally, you're still slaves. So this, you don't know have a choice. This is what you're going to do. This, this is how you have to do it. Okay. But when we came to Purim, things had changed. And at Purim time, we said, no, we're not forced anymore. The forcing part is over. Now we accept it willingly and knowingly and that changes everything in terms of Torah, everything for all time. And that really is the whole point of the holiday of Purim, not just being freed from the uh, uh, threat of execution, which of course is horrible enough as it is, but also that um, uh, um, we as a people. Uh, jointly understood the Torah well enough at that by that time a thousand years had passed understood it well enough at that time to say okay we understand what happened then we understand what's happening now and now because of this we accept it willingly and we, 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 we do it with, with in full, full disclosure full knowledge this is what we actually desire now so that changes everything, the way the, way, the way everything is viewed in Torah. Hmm. And that's very important.
1: All right. Well, saying that, I'd like to wish everybody a happy, joyous Purim week here at Israel News Talk Radio. You should have a Freulich Purim if you've already celebrated because you're listening to the show on a replay. We hope you had a wonderful time. Uh, we will be changing our schedule because of the holiday Uh, But we will be having news, and thank you for being with us, everybody. Chag Sameach, Chag Purim Sameach to you, Dr. Mordechai ben and to all of our listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody.
0: Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm
1: calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumin just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumin and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom!